Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the Gospel of Mark, and we're at the end of the eighth chapter. I want to go back and remind us of the context here, then just uh, show us uh, something just to be aware of, okay? So we're at Mark chapter 8, verse 38. This is the last verse. And remember, Jesus was saying this, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, that's the end of the chapter. Okay. Now, remember, the chapter divisions, the verse divisions, all that kind of stuff, that's all man-made. That was all added hundreds of years later, uh, really for our convenience. There's nothing inherently evil or wrong about it. It just makes it easier uh, to find things in a particular portion of the Scripture. But sometimes, uh, if you're not careful, the ch uh, chapter divisions and even the versification can uh, bring some confusion, okay? Uh, you can uh, sort of lose track of what's going on. For instance, look at the Gospel of uh, Luke, the ninth chapter, verses 26 and 27. The same account, same incident, okay? It says this, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, and the glory of of the Father and of the holy angels. Then it says this, Jesus still speaking, but I say to you truthfully, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, let's go over the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th chapter of Matthew, verses 27 and 28. We see the same type of thing. It says this, Jesus still speaking, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his fathers, well, of his father, <laughs> with his angels, <clears throat> and will then repay every man according to his deed. Now that's another little interesting nuance right there that Matthew brings into it. That Jesus quotes a uh, passage out of the Old Testament. Okay, and there's several places in the Psalms and the Proverbs that he will then repay every man according to his deeds. Then verse 28. Jesus still speaking, truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So you see in Matthew and in Luke they have this passage about that there's some of you going to be that are standing here are going to see the kingdom before you actually die. Well, people will go, well, Mark didn't say that. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Actually, Mark does say that. It just happens to be in the first verse of the next chapter. <laughs> in other words, the chapter division occurs right there. Mark says, He will come in the glory of His Father with His holy angels. Then chapter 9, verse 1 says this, And Jesus was saying to them, Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death, until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke all address this, all say this, all give insight into it. 
But Mark has a chapter division right there. And, you know, if you're sitting there and you're teaching or preaching or you're in a Sunday school class or you're leading Sunday school class, whatever, and you can start in Mark chapter 9, verse 1, it says, and Jesus was saying this to them, and then just state what he says right here. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But that's the reason that we repeat so many things and we back up and try to look at the at least the immediate larger context of things. Because you must know what's going on, right? You must know the flow of things. You must know the dynamic and who's Jesus, who he's speaking to, and things like that. So what's the last thing that he said right here? He says, I'm going to tell you, there's some of you who are standing here. You're not going to taste death until you see the kingdom of God and its power. Well, that's an interesting little phrase that I feel sure that nobody quite understood what he was talking about. But you just take it there, okay? Now watch this. Back to Mark chapter 2. Uh, I'm just going to read a portion. We're not going to have enough time probably to go through the whole thing. It says this. Six days later. Whoa. Six days later from when? Six days later from when Jesus has said, Hey, there's some of you who are not going to taste death until you see the kingdom of God and his power. Six days after that, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his garments became radiant and exceedingly white, as no launderer on earth can whiten them. So do you see what's going on right here? Jesus had told them that there's some of you that are standing here with me that will not see death, will not taste death until you see the kingdom of God coming. And most of us know what this account is right here. It's what we call the transfiguration because Jesus was transfigured before them, before Peter, James, and John. And notice Jesus took them. He selected them, Peter, James, and John. Those were the three that he was the closest with. <clears throat> took them away by themselves <clears throat> up to a high mountain. And he's there and he's transfigured. And his literally his garments became so white that they were radiating, so white, nothing like anybody could clean them with. Then watch this, verse 4. Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. So Jesus is talking with Elijah. He's talking with Moses. What does that tell you about Elijah and Moses? Giving you a moment here to think about it. Exactly. They're alive. <laughs> yeah, they're alive. You say, but they died here on earth. Yeah, they died here on earth. But here they are alive. Jesus is transfigured, radiating. All of a sudden, these other two appear to him. They're Elijah and they're Moses. The disciples, Peter, James, and John, as we're going to see, because I won't stop reading right here, but as we're going to see, they knew who they were. How do they know who they were? <clears throat> we're not told. Uh, maybe Jesus called them by name. Maybe the Lord just gave them revelation and understanding as to who they were. Uh, why Elijah and Moses? Uh, well, again, we're not told why. And the more I study the Word of God, the, the more I realize that that is the safer answer. You know, And you'll learn so much more when you sit there and realize and you say, you know, we don't know. I don't know, and we're not told forthrightly. Now, can we you know, have some... Uh, Intelligent conjecture, yeah. Moses, some people will say, represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets. Well, okay, that's cool. That's fine. You know, Elijah was a prophet. 
Moses was the one that received the law, but also Moses was a prophet. Okay, he's described as being a prophet. And so you don't want to take those type of things too far to extremes. And a lot of times people do in their categorization and trying to systematize things and stuff like that. All we need to see right now is that Peter, James, and John had been taken by the Lord Jesus Christ up to a high mountain. They were by themselves. And while they were there, and we'll do some cross-referencing next episode on this, uh, Jesus was transfigured. His garments become radiant, exceedingly white. So does his countenance. And then Elijah and Moses are there, and they're talking with Jesus. I wonder what they were talking about. Would it surprise you if I told you that the other Gospels might give us some insight into that? <laughs> we'll look at that later, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.